but it was realizing that when we wanted to see real depth of discipleship and life change and 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 were challenged to try and address sort of deeper issues of worldview and um you know things that affect character transformation that we were operating in a in a realm we didn't really didn't understand well and not really understanding always the motivations the choices and that drove us i think to rely much more on the scriptures themselves how does god use us despite our weaknesses mistakes and missteps do you sometimes think as i do I really have nothing to offer. I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to helping someone grow spiritually. Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we hear the second of three podcasts featuring Mr. Mike Trenier, former international president of the Navigators. Mr. Trenier, along with his wife, Chris, and their team, pioneered the Navigator work in Nigeria a number of years ago. He shares very transparently how they did make mistakes and missteps in their ministry, but that God redeemed those and brought glory to himself. Mike is our speaker this year at our fall conference held at Eastminster Presbyterian Church in Wichita on Saturday, October 29, 2022. Registration information is found on our website at kansasnavs.org forward slash conferences. I'll also post a link in the show notes for you to sign up. We start today with Mike telling us about the ministry in Nigeria and how it grew from a campus ministry into a broader ministry in the community, largely by God's answering of many prayers for foundational people. Because I've been doing campus ministry, we've been doing campus ministry in the UK, we and the couple that we asked to go with us to Nigeria you know, we began with the campus ministry that was actually had been already started by Dr. Bob Torsick, Bob and Mary Torsick, who he had been a, a vet lecturer at uh, Kansas State. And they were there for with on an exchange program, and he had just begun uh, ministering to students. And when I made my first trip to Nigeria, I, I actually went to visit him. We, we, our intention was to minister at a university in the south of the country. But once I visited them and saw, you know, what God was doing through them and how badly they needed reinforcements to follow up the, the sort of fruit, you know, the, 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 the net was full of fish and, you know, they needed other people to come. And, and so I actually spent my first week, two weeks in Nigeria in a dorm in the university with one of the students that Bob was discipling, living in his dorm room. And that began then our involvement in that student, with that group of students. And then subsequent generations of students who, who came to that campus. And then as the work, as the, that first group graduated, I think because we were praying that God would give us foundational Nigerians, through whom, you know, I, I think it was clear to me from the beginning that if God was going to, you know, if I was going to plant and navigate a ministry in Nigeria, it was going to be because Nigerians embraced this vision of ministry mm-hmm. and lived it out and committed themselves to it. So we were praying for foundational people. And I felt 
in the students that God had given us by sort of the mid to late 70s. It was clear that the, you know, God had given us foundational people, but I needed to stay, you know, we needed to stay in touch with them. So Bernie and Joe Dodd, the other couple, by then Bob and Mary had left to return to Kansas. Bernie and Joe Dodd continued the campus ministry at Zaria, and I gave myself then and, and Chris too to basically staying in touch with these graduates as they scattered through Nigeria. And Nigeria is a big country, so and it's not, you know, the infrastructure is not well developed. So the challenge of staying in touch with some 20 or 30 Nigerian graduates and helping them through those early transitions of life, which is so crucial was really the big learning thing for me from our experience in Nigeria. I mean, just seeing, and I, I think it, 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 even now when I read First Thessalonians and in sort of coming to share that and seeing that long-term vision that Paul had for the Thessalonians, that it wasn't a one-off, you know, wind them up and let them go, approach yeah. the ministry. But he was, he was clearly committed to the long-term and he had big long-term things that he was praying for them. Mm -hmm. And that was echoed, you know, that my experience in Nigeria was sort of built off passages like that in the scripture. So staying in touch with these young men and women and seeing them grow and develop and in their careers and in their professions and then seeing God develop ministry through them in the places where they had scattered and that was how the ministry grew and spread then, as, as so Chris and Chiyoliobi were in Inugu, and I used to go and visit them and stay in their little flat. And Chris was one of those students that Dr. Bob had discipled, mm. and I had sort of inherited from Dr. Bob, and so I stayed in touch with Chris. He was working as a vet in the livestock department of the federal government in Inugu, and he began reaching out through their church in Inugu and then through, um, you know, students who were on the campus there. I used to go and visit. We used to have little gatherings in their home and, you know, I would pray with them and, you know, encourage, try and encourage them in their work mm -hmm. with God. And, and through that, a ministry developed in, in that southeastern part of Nigeria. And then similarly with, you know, Aman and Lydia Ocholi and, Corey and Chikalu and, and these different foundational people that God gave. And then at a point, um, sort of around the uh, early to mid-80s, it became clear that, that we were struggling with missionary visas, which had always been a problem. And, you know, God used that to call some of the Nigerians themselves to, to commit to going full-time in the ministry. Mm. But I think that the beautiful thing that happened was because there was this sort of foundation group of friends, and even though they were scattered, we'd made the effort to keep them connected to one another, they felt ownership of the work. Yeah. And so some of them, God called some of them, two or three of them, to, to commit to full-time. But the others felt just as much this was their work and their ministry and were engaged in in ministry and the, the, those that God called to full-time were were there to serve 
that the whole group, the community, in their efforts to see the navigator ministry planted and flourishing. Mm-hmm. And, and that was reflected in the giving. You know, one of those couples, when when Chris and Chi Oliobi uh, made the shared with the group that they were willing to go full time, one of those couples pledged their the the husbands pledged the husbands whole year's salary. Wow! To wow. support that couple, so you know they, they may he was a banker and he was making good money, and his wife was also earning. But they decided to live on one salary and just commit. So, but it, that shows you the level of commitment was there. That it wasn't like the ministry belongs to the staff. It was there was this sense of of ownership and community? And I think the work has continued like that. And that's been a you know a hallmark of of lessons that God taught through that experience. Thinking back. What were some of the key elements, I guess, that accounted for success in that ministry? I know you mentioned some key individuals, but I'm thinking in terms of just practical things, obviously yes. prayer, scripture, memory, yes. uh, uh, investment in individuals. Are there anything, is anything that pops into your mind as being really yeah, critical think, to success? I do think, I do think that. A, a critical thing was that was was a lesson really from the difficulty that we had as coming as missionaries coming in from the outside of understanding the culture mm-hmm. and understanding the dynamic, and that led to a lot of wrestling and heart searching and and some missteps. I think, frankly, you know, early on, and realizing that we had we started out sort of doing what we knew. Um, you know, and, and sort of copying techniques or patterns of ministry that we had used or we had learned in, in the UK. And, you know, God was gracious and it wasn't that, they, 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 you know, they, these things didn't work or that, but it was realizing that when we wanted to see real depth of discipleship and life change and, and, and were challenged to try and address sort of deeper issues of, worldview and, um, you know, things that affect character, transformation, that we were operating in a, in a realm we didn't really didn't understand well and not really understanding always the motivations, the choices. And that drove us, I think, to rely much more on the scriptures themselves and on engaging together in the scriptures. So here we have, you know, here we have this cross-cultural book and, and you know, it, it, a book written actually in, in a culture different from ours. And yeah. sometimes we would find reading the Old Testament that the Nigerians understood things in terms of the context better than, than we did as Westerners. Yeah. But we, they could come to the text, we could come to the text and wrestle with meaning mm. and, and discover and learn together from Scripture. And, and the, in the context of then secure friendships, um, you know, uh, one of my Nigerian friends told me at one point, Mike, stop trying to be a Nigerian <laughs> and content yourself with being, being an Englishman who loves Nigerians. And that was a profound 
insight in this journey. And I think, mm-hmm. I mean, you ask a, a, a subsequent question here about um, culture and engaging culture. But I think that's an important lesson there in, in America today as culture changes so rapidly. Rather than try and fight those cultural changes, which I think is a mistake because then it turns us into, it positions us adversarially. And, uh, you know, when you, in Nigeria, there were a lot of things I didn't like about Nigerian culture. But rather than being adversarial or negative about it, which a lot of missionaries fall into, to embrace Nigerians and just love them, Mm. and then to engage together in the Bible, trying to understand, oh, well, I I think this, and I I struggle with that, but, you know, what does the Bible really say? And, you know, you, you know, and and finding, and, and, and finding that I myself was growing, learning things that I didn't expect by wrestling together with my Nigerian brothers and sisters in trying to understand. I think those two things, friendships, secure friendships based on love and, and, and acceptance, and then getting into the Bible together with people, yes. which are fundamental you know, to all discipleship, really. Secure friendships based on love and acceptance, and then getting into the Bible, looking at Scripture together with others. These are some of the keys to success in ministry. Wouldn't you like to hear more wisdom from Mike as he shares how God has worked in his life? Sign up today for our fall conference by going to kansasnavs.org forward slash conferences. Join us next time for our final portion of the interview with Mr. Mike Trenier as together we learn more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.